Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Are you looking for a place where you get some practical and helpful tips on how to manage this crazy life and find balance in motherhood? Then we're here for you. Join us for all the raw and real girl talk right here. You're listening to All the Things. All the Things. All the Things with Chong and Beck. Hey, everybody. Um, Just wanted to come on here and put a little bit of a warning label before you listen to our episodes this week. We will be talking about our births and there will be a little bit of some topics that could be considered trauma and traumatic for mamas if they had a little bit um, difficult births. So I did want to come on here and just put that out there and let you all know. We so appreciate you listening. Get ready. And here we go. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, it's just so funny. Normally, like when we have these double ones, we do it back to back, and this time we totally didn't, and so everything seems so weird. Mm-hmm. How was your day? Um, it was a very high stress, overwhelming day. I'm was planning to try to build our fire pit by ourselves, um, but I needed it leveled in the backyard, and I just have no knowledge of how to level the space that we need to level. So we're hiring somebody, and in the middle of dealing with that, was trying to figure out like different companies and how much it would be to have rock delivered and realizing that it's going to be a whole lot of rock and kind of, we don't have a wheelbarrow and that would have just been crazy to try to do on our own because we're having the land leveled tomorrow and then it's supposed to rain all day Saturday. So I literally would have had to have everything here and I would have had to bust my butt by myself because Brant works tomorrow to get all the rock covering the area that we need before it rained, or then it would ruin the leveling that I paid for. Right. So I literally stressed all day trying to find companies, trying to figure out how much it would be. And then finally just gave in and went, crap, I really don't want to have to pay for this, but this is just the best bet of how everything is going right now. I'm just going to have to pay for some way to do all of this for me. Yeah. So that kind of sucked because I'm a budgeter. And like, just, I mean, we have it, but I budget like this is going to savings. This is for spending. And I'm having to dip into my savings, which does not make me happy to do it because we did a family spring break and we're going on our anniversary. And so we have put down a good amount of money in the last month. Yes. (laughs) True. So that was my day. Very stressful, but it's okay. It's all been done. Whatever. Since it's so on topic, do you want to talk about your amazing news today and brag about yourself for a minute? Or do you want to wait for um, a different time to do that? Mm, We can wait because I have to fill out all the forms and get all that in. And once it's like all in, then I can be like, okay, this is for sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, then enough about you. It's time for my birth story. (laughs) (laughs) It's your turn to shine. (laughs) Just kidding you know how much I love you I know. um yeah all right so I'm really going right you're going let's hear all about it you're gonna start off with Miss Kenley yes we'll start off with the first okay um, perfect so with Kenley um she was our very first baby she was born in um it was so funny and that's why I asked if both Koa and Kylia were born in San Diego because Kenley and Kennedy were born in different states and they were also born in different states than where Zach and I were born. So hmm. me and Zach were both born in California. Kenley is our Arizona baby. Kenley was born in Arizona because at the I time, I, yeah, because at the time I was living in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Um, so Kenley is. I will preface this by saying Kenley is our first baby and she is our baby who completely transformed our lives. 
made us the people who we are. And of course, everybody, I feel like, has the same story and same sentiment with their first baby. Um, But Kenley is extremely, extremely special uh, for me and Zach. So we, of course, are the biggest hippie sinners ever. We were not married, completely out of wedlock. We were living in two different states. Um, So Zach would drive from California. It was just a four-hour drive, which for some is like four hours. When you do it for so long, it's it's just like you just do it. So we were living apart um, in two different states because his job was a family job. He was located in California. My parents had moved. God, how long was it? A couple of months before we really started dating. And the way my life was working out, I had to either move to Arizona um, where that was pretty much like where my only family was or move in with this boyfriend that I, you know, wanted to, but was like, "Mm, this is a little soon. So we made the drive, we were doing the drive and then we became pregnant and we were doing the drive all through my pregnancy. Um, not me at a certain point, it became all on Zach's shoulders, which is another reason why I love him so much. Um, and we, she was due January 6th, that Friday. Oh my God, this girl, Kenley, um, barely ever moved. Kenley was the quietest little thing you could ever, ever imagine. Absolutely nothing bothered her. No foods that I ate except for two times when I was very, very newly pregnant when I was in my first trimester. Two times I had eaten salsa with too much garlic. And those are the only two times that I vomited with her. Um, And yeah. And with Kenley, I only had morning sickness with her and it was those two times and that was it. I never vomited with Kennedy at all. Um, so Kenley, nothing bothered her. Um, barely moved. Like she was the baby where I was calling or I was in the beginning calling so many times. Like my baby's not moving. My baby is not moving, going to the doctors. And at this time I was only 22. Um, we were super, super young when we had Kenley and then, with my first pregnancy, another thing that I love about us is we were so freaking different. I chose because I am in the medical field. I was like, you know what? I am going to play this so freaking aloof. I cannot handle with my anxiety and my stress. I cannot handle anything. I don't want to do any birth classes. I don't want to do any anything. I am going to be pregnant. I'm going to know that I'm pregnant. I'm going to walk into that hospital. I'm going to get my epidural and I'm going to have my baby and I'm going to go home. And that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted no information. I wanted no nothing because I was like, I already know enough. I already know too much. If I hear anything or think anything or feel anything, I'm going to flip out. So the only time that I really got nervous with Kenley was for my OB back then. And I don't know if people still do this, but um, because I know they didn't do it for Kennedy, but for Kenley, they gave you like homework where you had to do your kick counter. Did you have that? Yes. Yeah. They, they send that with every mama, I think. Okay. Well, they didn't do that with Kennedy. I'll tell you that. But with Kenley, after like five panics of going in there and telling them my baby is not moving and them doing everything and being like, she is perfectly fine. Because there were so many times where I would call Zach in a panic, like, she hasn't moved in three hours. Like, and I mean nothing. And it wasn't like my cervix. It wasn't my placenta. It was just, she didn't move. Um, so finally, I just started making up my kick counters and turning them in. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I can't even handle this. Here's my paper. She's fine. So June 6th was a Friday. Zach had made the trek out because he was like, we're having this baby. We're doing what we need to do to have this baby because we were in different states. And if he were to go back and I went into labor, 
I mean, not only did we have that four hour difference guaranteed, but if he was at work all the way out in La Habra and had to, God forbid, drive during prime traffic time in LA, it, it would have, I mean, he could have missed it. Yeah. So June 6th comes around. It's my due date. I'm at the office. Hey, it's my due date. And she was like, wow, you are not soft. You are not dilated. You are doing nothing. And I was like, well, that's a problem because my husband has to leave. And well, at that time, me being friend, Zach has to leave and we can't, we can't do this. So what is our plan? And she said, all right, you know, you can walk and walk and walk, do all the things you need to do to start this labor. And if nothing happens, you call me. Or no, actually, she sent the orders over. She said, if nothing happens, you're going to check in Sunday night and we're going to get you rolling and you'll have this baby. And I said, okay, I need, like, I have to have that because otherwise I'm going to be delivering by myself. Um, So that was our plan. We went through the whole weekend doing all the things and absolutely (laughs) nothing. And this was at 40 weeks and two days now. And this was nothing. So I went in Sunday night. They hooked me up and officially gave me my first round of Cytotec, which is something they place on your cervix to soften it. Oh, and by the way, on Friday, I got my membrane stripped in the office. She didn't do anything. Um, (laughs) Nothing. My children love to bake. They will bake forever. Um, So, yes, got my first round of Cytotec at 8 p.m. on Sunday night. And we walked because they make you lay on your back for an hour, which is freaking awesome when you are pregnant and have a human on you to lay on your back is an absolute nightmare. So I had to do that for an hour. And then Zach and I walked to the hospital until midnight, came back. They checked me. Well, the good thing was I was at a one. So we did that all over again. Uh, they gave me another round and I laid on my back for an hour and then we walked and 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 we walked. Um, and then at that point, everybody was kind of asking, like family members were asking, what's going on? Where are you at? How are you feeling? And I was like, nothing, nothing's happening. Don't come, you know, you know, you guys wait, nothing's happening. Well, it was taking so long Zach's parents drove out from California. My parents got ready, got dressed, got all their stuff came. So everybody was at the hospital. <laughs> we had everybody yeah. with us. Um, you had a party. Yeah. And so that was at 8 p.m. on Sunday. At 8 a.m., right before my doctor went into work to start her regular day at the office, she actually broke my water at 8 a.m. Um, so I never got to experience anything with Kenley. She was like a really monitored and medical birth through and through. I never experienced a contraction with her. I never experienced my mucus plug. I never experienced my water breaking on its own. Nothing. Um, So my doctor broke my water at 8 a.m. And everything was really good. I was feeling great. I was understanding what a contraction was. I was feeling them. And then (laughs) me and Zach started talking and I was like, I think I can do this because my mom had me completely natural. She had no medication and she almost actually had me at home in the tub on accident. Mm -hmm. Um, And she like barely got to the hospital. Um, I almost was born in a tub. So I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And Zach looked at me and he was like, are you sure you want to? you sure you want to do that? And we were so young. I was like, no, it'll be fine. I think I'll be fine. And then he was like, are you sure you want to go through that pain when you don't have to? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Let me get that epidural. So I got an epidural. Uh, Zach had been with me from before we even walked into that hospital signed paperwork. And for some reason, the moment that they were going to stick a 13 inch long needle into my spine. They said, okay, sir, we're going to have to have you step out now. So I was like, excuse me. I went into a full blown panic. My whole body started shaking uncontrollably. Mm -hmm. I was so happy. He got me epidural, right? But what we didn't know, I mean, 
we already knew that I had back problems, but we didn't know the extent of them when I was having Kenley and super great that I did get that epidural because I'm sure it only made it worse. Um, I had gotten my epidural, but when they give you the epidural, there's also um, a pain med that they give you with it. And I'm highly allergic to that. I didn't know because I've never taken a pain med before in my life. My blood pressure started crashing. And as soon as he gave me that injection and laid me on my back, my monitors just started pinging everywhere. Oh my, my whole face went white. Um, I couldn't breathe. I remember staring up at the ceiling thinking I was going to die before I ever met my baby. Oh my and Zach comes in and he's like, oh, my God, what is happening? My face is itching. So I'm, I know. I'm like, oh, my God, they gave me something for pain. And I'm. I can, it took everything in me to tell my arm, which was weird because that's not how it should be affected, to tell my arm to touch my nose so that I could itch it. And I, I remember looking at Zach and I was like, please tell, my, tell our baby that I love her because I was oh certain I was going to die. Um, so then finally they come in, not finally, uh, they were pretty quick on it. They were really a good staff. Um, but after, like, my monitors are pinging everywhere. So they come in. They give me everything I need to regulate my blood pressure. After about 15 minutes, I start to feel normal again. So I'm like, okay, all right. I guess we're just going to wait. We're going to do this. Me and Zach are talking, doing our thing, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. Something is hurting me. Well, my epidural wore off. So only half <laughs> of my body, only half of my body was numb. Um, and almost 12 hours later, I went through after getting my water broke at eight, I labored for almost 12 hours. I, um, remember clear as day. My doctor came back from her day of work at rounds. It was six o'clock and she said, okay, I am going to go grab some dinner and I will come back and we will get this baby out. And I said, nope, I'm going to start pushing because I haven't had dinner either. And I'm getting this baby out of me. Hold my legs. <laughs> so I told my mom and I was like, I was like, I kind of feel like I got to poop. So we were just going to push this baby out. And my mom was right there. And so was Zach. And she was like, okay, honey. So I started pushing and I started pushing and I started pushing on my own. And I said, I told Zach, I said, you go get that doctor because I am having this baby. I am starving. So, uh, we start, I start pushing and then everybody comes, they get set up and with Kenley, of course I had never pushed before. So I didn't really know what I was doing. So they gave me my, and I didn't go to any classes. So they gave me my crash course really quick <laughs> and it took about five pushes with her and she was out easy breezy peasy. Zach cut the cord. My mom was there. Um, my mother-in-law, Bonnie, was there, and she was absolutely perfect and beautiful, and uh, Zach cut the cord. She was ours. She was perfect, and um, that night, I had held her the whole time. We were doing our connection thingy, and then I got to eat. I was holding her while I was eating, and then I put her in her little, you know, the little hospital um buggies they give you mm -hmm. I put her in there and I was like okay we're gonna go to sleep and I remember laying down and just my eyes popped open and I looked at her in that little thing and I was like yeah no this isn't happening so I got her out and I was snuggling with her and the nurse comes in and she's like oh honey I'm so sorry you can't sleep with your baby in the bed and I was like oh well she's not sleeping in that thing and she was like, oh, well, we can take her. And I was like, I don't even know you. are not taking my baby. So <laughs> I didn't sleep. I Back ate. then when they actually had nurseries, they no longer have that. Right? Yeah. So I didn't sleep hardly at all. So what I would do is I got her completely, like, snuggled and niched up in my arm perfectly so that her and I could both sleep. And then because I'm such a light sleeper anyways. Anytime I heard the pitter patter of the nurse coming in, I would pop my eyes open and start stroking Kenley like I was awake the whole time. <laughs> and they kept asking me, they're like, don't you want to sleep? And I was like, no, because I, I don't, I really don't want to put her down. And they were like, are you sure? Don't you want to sleep? And I was like, nope, I'm good. So <clears throat> Kenley was so 
like just that's how she was um all the time anytime she woke up she would fall asleep on my chest she would fall asleep on Zach's chest and she has been like that since she was born um (laughs) so her birth was pretty uneventful I mean it kind of sucked because uh nothing happened and she probably would have gone a whole nother week if she could um (laughs) but with the time constraint that was the the birth that we had and everything about her birth was pretty perfect um, for me and Zach. And it was very calm. Our whole family got to be there really. Um, Of course the dads weren't in the waiting room. They were outside pacing, panicking and waiting. Um, But everything was just so nice. And then the next day when family came back, my husband and his mom picked Kenley's middle name I was able to pick Kenley's name. I picked her. Um, we talked about this before. Her traditional Lee in Kenley. And it means King's Meadow, which I remember now. Um, <laughs> and then Bonnie and Zach gave her Grace as her middle name. And yeah, she has just been that ever since. Just perfect and wonderful. And we do have our moments, but she reminds me daily to give grace. And that is her birth story. And she was absolutely great. She was only seven pounds, 13 ounces. And she was, I do forget her length. She was either 20 or 21 inches. She was longer. Um, But she was seven pounds, 13 ounces. So moving on to Kennedy, Zach and I, um, we're still living in different states. We actually got married on our honeymoon and lived a year married apart. And then we finally got to live together in California. We were together in California, lived our lives, did lots of things in between. And then I started to crave having another child. And I was so, so in my heart wanting another child. So I talked to Zach about it and finally got him to agree that, yes, this is the time to do it. I had been on birth control this whole time. So we stopped birth control in November. Well, technically, we stopped birth control in October. But at that specific time, me and my husband were going to Africa on a missions trip. So... We stopped birth control in October, but because I didn't want to have and like be cycling when we were on our mission, I started up again in November. It didn't really matter anyways, because I still was cycling everywhere. Um, so when we came back after we took December, just with our little family and enjoying Christmas and enjoying all the things that we had done and enjoying each other, we really started focusing and like thinking about having a baby and truly trying, like we weren't not trying in December, but we started truly trying in January and in November, December, and January, I was having two cycles a month. So it was every two weeks. So I would go two weeks, have a period, two weeks, have a period, two weeks, have a period. So I made my OB appointment in early, early January. And I went in and I did all my stuff. I had my exams. I did everything. And, um, he had told me, you know, I'm really, really sorry, but with the way that you're ovulating, there's no way you're, you're going to get pregnant. Your body just doesn't have enough time. You either need to start birth control again, or you have to wait until your cycle's get together and you can actually ovulate to have a baby. And so I was so defeated, um, felt like what I wanted was never going to happen. That was in January. Um, February came around, same thing. I was still cycling every two weeks, but something different started happening, happening in February after Valentine's day. Um, I noticed like my boobs just hurt all the time and that went clear until it was 
February 26th, I do believe. When I was like in so much pain, I went, I got Kenley from school after I was done working her and I went to target. I got a pregnancy test. Cause I was like, there's no way, but I just got to make sure that I'm not pregnant because if I'm not, then something's really wrong with me. And I remember taking a shower and telling Zach, I can't get out of the shower because it hurts so bad. I can't wear a shirt. Like wow, it was hurting so bad. I couldn't even wear a shirt. Zach went, got dinner. I peed on a stick. I was pregnant. So everything, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is happening. There's no, I mean, I was told there's no way. I was told that I had PCOS at that appointment. There was no way this was going to happen. I was shit out of luck. I had to wait. And freaking three weeks later, I'm pregnant. And so... I'm like, I don't understand. So I really poorly, obviously, hid that pregnancy test because after we had dinner, Zach asked me, hey, how'd that pregnancy test go? Because <laughs> I had left the wrapper out. And it was such a bummer because I was, when I found out, like I took my little moment, I was so happy. And I freaking hid this stick, but for some reason didn't hide the wrapper or the box. So I was planning, my husband's birthday is March 3rd. I was planning on doing this really cute thing where, you know, like we had a birthday party for him and then I gave him that as his present and all that. But no, that didn't happen because I can't keep a secret from him to save my life. So I was like, oh, we're pregnant. So that was that. Um, It was so fun for him to go back to the OB when I had to go back to the OB to tell him I'm pregnant. Oh my God. I've never seen Zach. Seriously, Shami. I've never seen Zach like that before. He was like such a peacock, had the biggest chest. <laughs> we came in, told the um, OB and he was like, what? And looks at Zach and Zach was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, my son is a strong. <laughs> right? So that was the very end of February when we found that out March comes along we celebrate Zach's birthday as best we can because of course I'm pregnant and Zach knows it so he's like I don't want to do anything um (laughs) middle of end of March beginning of April Zach gets an opportunity to leave California and come to Utah so I am 11 weeks pregnant We fly from California to Utah. Now, mind you, I didn't stop spotting. So I am panicked because I'm like, I have to go look for homes. I am spotting. I am terrified. I already had a hard time. Not a hard time, but they told me, you know, cross your fingers because you've been spotting this whole time. It could be really dangerous. So Zach and I come out here. We end up looking at homes. We, um, I contacted the realtor that we used for selling, for buying the home that we had, selling it and purchasing this new home. Um, I had found him. He showed us all around over the weekend. We flew back home, decided which one we were going to do an offer on. We put an offer on that house. We got that house. Uh, Zach put in his two weeks. I put in my two weeks. We sold everything we could. And Zach flew from California to Utah, got us set up, signed papers with the realtor. Me and Kenley finished off the last day of her school. Her and I drove together from California to Utah and we got settled here. Um, It was a really fun pregnancy. It, I didn't have like as many I say it was a really fun pregnancy, but there was a lot of issues. Um, I ended up getting super sick and so dehydrated. I had to go in and get IVs and get hydrated because I was um, like passing out. I was so dehydrated, but I didn't feel good. And I had such a bad sore throat and I wasn't, I was just sick. Um, 
so that was a little tricky. And Kennedy was the opposite of Kenley. She never stopped moving. She was like the alien baby where like you can see the hand and it stretches across the belly. Mm -hmm. That was Kennedy. Um, I had horrible insomnia with Kennedy. I remember only having insomnia maybe like a couple of weeks out of my last trimester with Kenley. But with Kennedy, when I hit that, and you probably know better than I do, I think it's when you hit your 30 weeks and all that relaxing explodes into your body to start loosening up your joints. Yep. Oh, the third trimester. Well, actually, it happens the whole pregnancy, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like at 29, 30 weeks, I got hit with all those hormones and I couldn't sleep. It felt like anytime I would sit or lie down, it felt like my hips were being injected with fire. It hurt so bad. I had insomnia. I was super sick. Um, but I just, I was really enjoying her movement and I was more active this pregnancy with Kenley, girl, I gained like 35 pounds. I gained a lot of weight with Kenley. (laughs) With Kennedy, I only gained, I think, 10 pounds. That's awesome. I think it was 10 pounds. Um, Now, granted, (laughs) I've put a lot of that back on, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) That's the side point. Right? That's my side point. I mean, I was pretty much all belly with Kennedy. Um, I was more active, but it was harder. And then I started getting Braxton Hicks in September. She was due October 27th, which is actually my middle of my oldest brother's birthday. My brother Ryan is, his birthday is October 27th. So I was due on October 27th. And I was really excited. I was kind of hoping that they would share the same birthday. But, of course, that didn't happen. Um, I was having Braxton Hicks in September. That all kind of sorted itself out. And then in October, about a week before her due date, I started getting contractions out of nowhere here and there, like just randomly. Um So I was doing a lot of work on the ball and everything. And I went to my appointment for my 40 weeks on the 27th. And he told me exactly what I thought. But actually, this time was a little different. I was dilated. I was dilated to a two. And I was so excited. He stripped my membranes. Hurt. Like a mother. Like you know. Um, I went back home. Absolutely nothing happened. So I'm calling them and calling them and like, what are we going to do? I said, well, we can check you again. You can come back in and get your membrane stripped. And I was like, no, no, thank you. And they said, well, with how big she is, because she was a really big baby. They said, well, with how big she is, you might want to think about getting induced. And Zach and I had already been down this road. So for us, it was like par for the course. We were like, okay, just give us a date. So it was supposed to be on uh, the 31st, Halloween. But I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this on Halloween, one, because it was a Sunday. And I said, you know what, I would much rather go into the hospital. My parents were able to come out to Utah when we were getting ready to deliver Kennedy. Um, So I said, you know what, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to enjoy Halloween with my daughter. I'm going to walk around, um, even though it was freezing, you know how cold it is in Utah in October. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, no, it was really cold that October. It is. It was so frigid girl. Thank God. Um, I didn't actually walk all that much. I was pretty much in the car following them while they walked. Um, but that was, that was my goal. That was my plan. So I did get to walk a little bit, but it was so frigid cold. It was bad. Um, so we just enjoyed Halloween came home knowing that the next day we were going to have our baby. And it turned out to be really awesome because she was born um, on November 1st of 2018. And the year before on November 1st of 2017, we were on a plane 
going to Africa for a mission trip. So it was very special still. So the date was really cool. Um, so we ended up setting our appointment. We left the morning of November 1st to get checked in. They started my IV at 745. They gave me Pitocin and I was already contracting. I just kind of felt like there were cramps. I didn't think that there were contractions, but apparently I was having contractions. And so, um, they hooked me up with my IV. They gave me my Pitocin and my contractions were going quick. So I labored in the hospital with Zach and I walked around. I did some things. I was on the birth ball. We were, you know, talking as we do and laughing and trying to think of a name for her uh, because we hadn't named her yet. Her name was going to be Ezra, but I just didn't like it. It didn't fit. So we were doing all that. And then it got to the point where I was at a six at that point. And it got to the point where your contractions come and you can't move or talk or breathe and your body just starts to shake, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is terrible. And so Zach was like, are you going to get an epidural this time? Maybe you should get an epidural this time. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want to be screaming. I want this to be a good experience. I will do it. Let's get it done. So when I was at a six, I got my epidural. This epidural was even better. We told them don't add any pain med, be so, so careful because the epidural can make my blood pressure drop. So we're just chilling and I'm contracting the entire time. So I'm sitting, I got a needle going into my back. Thank God Zach was there with me this time, but I'm contracting the whole time. And all of a sudden I just feel this explosion from my back. And because at that point my spine was in such bad shape, of course I didn't know. Um, And at that point, I just kind of didn't want to think about that. My spine was in such bad shape. He was pushing the fluid through and none of it was like going into my body. So it came back on him. And so he was covered. So then they tried it again. So that was really exciting. Um, Because if you've ever had an epidural, you know how painful those spots are. I should have taken it as a sign and just left it, but I didn't. Um... So he gave me my epidural. I completely felt it go down my right side. And that was it. So I told them, I was like, okay, this is happening again. My epidural wears off. I can only get on one side. So every couple of minutes I had to roll. And then finally they just had me like in this position where I was sitting up and my pelvic was open and my legs were open. And that was kind of sort of helping but she came really fast. So I started pushing and I knew I had to push at like 1245-ish. Um, they got me all together. They got me ready. Started getting ready to push. But it was taking so long for her. And nothing I was doing was working. And 1 o'clock, I've been pushing for 15 minutes. 1 o'clock rolls around. They're like, okay, you know what? We're going to try and do this. And then I start pushing again. And I start to make a little bit of progress. So I started pushing and she would come out and then go back in and then come out and right back in. So finally, um, I remember just like grinning down and bearing and pushing and I pushed and it felt like if you've ever like popped a pimple and you felt that release, but with this, I was pushing her out and with that release, blood was everywhere. So I felt her come out and I saw at the same time blood splatter from the floor to the ceiling. I looked to my right where Zach was and he was covered in blood. There was a streak of blood across his shirt. There was blood on his glasses. His face was white as a toilet bowl. And they tell me she's out and it's silent in the room. Nothing is happening. My baby's not crying. Um, I was able to see them pull her out. The doctor had her in that position where her limbs are like over their hand. She was completely white. 
she wasn't crying and they just took her. Nobody's talking to me. I have zero clue what's going on. Um, my birth plan was to assist in pulling her out. I wanted to get her out to her shoulders and then grab her from her shoulders and pull her out. And I had attempted that. So I was able to reach down there and feel her head, which was really cool. Um, but I wasn't able to do that part. And another part of my birth plan, something super simple as I didn't want them to take her vernix off, which is that white stuff that your baby's covered in. I wanted them to leave her vernix for as long as we could until her first bath. Um, I didn't want any goop in her eyes and I didn't want her separated from me. So she had come out. There was blood all over the wall in front of me. My doctor was covered. Zach was covered. Um, the catch nurse reached in to grab her and I got to see her like super limp and white and they took her away. Still nobody's talking to me. Zach is staring at me, rubbing my arm, repeating to himself like rain man. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Nobody's communicating with me. Finally, I start screaming, where's my baby? What is happening with my baby? Why is she not crying? And I just started repeating like, why is she not crying? Why is she not crying? Um, it felt like five hours, but I think it was only 30 seconds to a minute and they were taking her over to the table, rubbing her. And finally she started crying. So then I just broke down and I'm in tears. Zach is still in panic. Um, the nurses get her all cleaned up, which sucked because that's not what I wanted but it's okay. They bring her over to me and I get to hold her and something is just instantly not right. And I kept asking them, why does she look like this? She couldn't track. And obviously babies can't track, but this was something that I've never seen before with my babies. Um, so Kennedy couldn't quite grasp me. It seemed like she was on drugs. Like it looked like she was looped out and she had zero desire to feed. She had zero desire to do anything. And I remember just looking at her. I instantly started praying over her and I'm crying. I'm in tears. And my doctor comes over and says, oh, wow, that was a little tricky. And he says, uh, when you were pushing her out, her cord was wrapped around her neck. And that was the problem. That's why we couldn't get her out. So the cord was around her neck. And when she came out, that cord ruptured. So that's what I was told. And that was all that was explained to me. I was in shock. Zach was in shock. And then my doctor proceeds to look at the nurses and say, well, everyone, she did have a birth plan. So that was like really when I started to lose my shit and I just started bawling because not only did I feel like I just went through something pretty traumatic, but that doctor then proceeded to make it seem like, well, that's why you don't have birth plans. Cause you never know how things are going to go. He basically mocked you and that pisses me off. Oh yeah. Like that. It was awful. So then Zach tells me when we get back to the room, because I kept asking him once he got, once he like got back to his center and was able to clean his glasses off, change his shirt. Um, he tells me, cause I asked him, I said, was her cord around her neck? And he said, yeah, her cord was around her neck. He said, but when you were pushing her out, he said the doctor was pulling on the cord from her neck. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, when you were pushing her out, every time you pushed her out, the doctor kept pulling on the cord from her neck. Oh my God. So had that intervention not been happening, we could have still gotten her out and just unwrapped the cord. Mm -hmm. And it still may have, may have been a little scary, but we could have just unwrapped her cord. But my doctor took it upon himself to pull that cord and... Because she was so big, she was eight pounds, nine ounces, and 19 inches long. Um, she was a very big baby. Because 
there was all that pressure. When he pulled that, it caused it to rupture and it ruptured from her belly button, which is why um, she ended up getting an infection because it does happen. Um, and I know that you know this, you can, your the cord can break, but it's usually that it breaks in the shaft part. It's very uncommon that it would rupture from their belly button. Mm-hmm. So um, another shitty thing is we don't have Kennedy's belly button because there was nothing to save. They were barely able to clamp it or I might have a little bit of it. I need to go back through her stuff and check. Um, but they were barely able to clamp her belly button. Um, and then after that, we weren't really giving, given any information, but we kept asking them, like, is her baby okay? Can you tell us what happened? And so they said, yeah, her cord was wrapped. And because of all the tension, it ended up rupturing. And so we went through that night And the next morning we get up with every intention to be leaving the hospital. We were getting ready and I was getting packed up to leave the hospital. And the main nurse, the charge nurse came in with a bag under her arm and explained to us that Kennedy had gotten an infection from her birth. And that is exactly how she worded it. She said, Kennedy had an infection from her birth. We checked her labs with all the commotion yesterday. We made sure to check her labs and her white cell is up. It's really elevated. So we are going to take her now to the NICU. We'll give you time if you want to go with her, but we're going to take her now and get her set up. I just couldn't even do anything. I was bawling uncontrollably. It was horrible. Zach and I are still trying to figure out exactly what the hell that meant, what the hell was going on. We take her across to the NICU. They tried to get her set up with her IV. They blew out her hand. They missed in her other hand, and they finally got her foot. And I'm just there watching them. I'm bawling. Zach goes and leans over and hugs me tight, and he's like, I'm so sorry you have to do this by yourself, but I can't be here. I looked at him and I was like, that's fine. It's okay. I get it. So I get really emotional. It's okay. That's, I'm emotional listening to you because, oh my goodness, Becca. So they finally get her set up and they tell me she's got to be in here for seven days. Now there are babies who are in there longer than that. There are babies who are born so premature. They live in there for a month without their mamas. So I get it. And I don't in any way think that my story is harder than anybody else's. But it was pretty shitty. (laughs) So, and too, um, with me in particular, like, I don't know how you are after, Um, But my body floods back with estrogen and I just, when that happens, normally I feel great. I'm able to get up, I'm able to do all the things, but I just could not stop crying. I didn't cry. I didn't stop crying. Um, I think for almost a month. Um, I don't remember if I cried when you were over or not, but (laughs) did I? (laughs) Well, because I asked you, how did everything go? Because that's what I yeah. do as a doula. And I was like, how did your birth go? Because I could just see it in your face. Yeah. And you told me some. I didn't get all of this, but you did tell me some. And so, yes, of course. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't stop crying for like a month. Um, But then. So they took her and this is Tuesday morning. Well. A little bit of backstory is we we obviously had Kenley. We have our other girl. We life has to go on. I thought my parents were gonna be able to stay, but fun fact, right before, right when my parents got there, they got there, I think the second week of October, we would do the 27th. They were going to come help me get ready, do all the things. Um, the second day my dad was in Utah, he fell and broke his arm. Oh my gosh. So 
by the time we had had Kennedy, my dad was so ready to get back to Arizona and he had to get back to Arizona because we were in the emergency room with my dad. They had to set his shoulder. We had to do all these ortho appointments. Mind you, I'm still hugely pregnant trying to have this baby and it's not happening. Um, so at that point, my dad had an appointment with ortho back home because he had to get treated where it wasn't going to be at a network. Um, so my parents had to leave. They ended up, I think they left either on a Wednesday or Thursday. They left, I think they left Thursday because I didn't leave the hospital until Thursday and I went to our house, which if you remember in West Valley, we had her at Pioneer, the old Pioneer. Our house was literally five minutes away. Um, and just leaving the hospital for that time, I was beside myself. And I had such a hard time. And mind you, we didn't have a name for her when she was born. We didn't name her until that night after she was born. Um, so that was really, for some reason, like was sticking in my brain, like beating me up that like I could have lost my baby and she would have had no name. Um, and so I was just in such a dark place. And I remember them telling me like, so we are going to have to discharge you on um, Friday, but she's not going to be out until uh, let's see, she was born on Monday and it was seven days of her antibiotics. So she wasn't going to be out, out until Monday. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. You need to figure something out or I'm going to be bunking in that waiting room. And when you guys do your hour for changing over shifts, I will just go pee or I will get coffee. I said, but that's where I'm going to be. He said, so you need to figure something out. And they did. They accommodated me. I was very lucky. I got to stay in my room the whole time she was in the NICU and by Friday. Yeah. I think it was Friday. It might've been Saturday, By Friday or Saturday, she was able to get off of her monitors. So they were giving her IV antibiotic and, um, the two different antibiotics they were giving her one was every 12 hours and one was every 24 hours. So the 24 was the one that was the reason why she had to keep her IV in and we couldn't just go home and come back for those injections. Um, so they were able to unhook her from all her monitors and just keep her pick line in. And she was able to stay with me in the room, which was really nice because then she wasn't in the NICU anymore. And oh my God, Shawnee, <laughs> the first night I had to go into the NICU and try and breastfeed, it was a nightmare. There was monitors pinging everywhere. Three babies were born and had to be under the blue lights. Mm -hmm. So everything was lit up blue. People were in the NICU. It's supposed to be a quiet place. People were in the NICU on like their FaceTime, talking to family members, I have my boob out. I'm crying hmm. uncontrollably and I'm like shaking. I finally told a nurse, I said, can you tell that lady to shut the hell up? I'm trying to breastfeed my baby. And she goes, yes, I'm so sorry. So she goes over to the lady and she's like, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to put that phone down. And I just looked at her like I could murder her. <laughs> and I was so freaking pissed. And then what sucked is that every, I was feeding every three hours so I would hold her as long as I could. And then they would tell me, you know, you really got to get some rest. So I would go back, set my alarm, or if I missed it, they would come get me. Um, and then all those babies under the blue lights had come and gone. All the babies that were there had come and gone. And it was still just me and Kennedy in our hospital room or in the NICU. And I just remember breaking down. And finally, one of the most wonderful nurses, I was like, do I need to sign something to get my baby out of here? Because I can't be here any longer. And she looked at me and she was like, let me see what I can do, mama. And so she got it to where they could um, just take her 
for the hour that they needed to do the antibiotic infusion. And she was the one who got me set up with her in my room. So I'm so greatly, greatly, greatly thankful for her. Um, But yeah, regardless to say uh, her birth was pretty traumatic. Um, The doctor that I had was pretty freaking traumatizing. Um, I won't say who that doctor is because that's just not my jazz. But if you want to know. You're nice. I'd be like, put them on blast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the reason, you know what? The reason why is because we had so many people asking us um, and telling us, like, you need to file. You need to sue this doctor. You need to do that. And Zach and I just were in such a place where we couldn't even go through that again. The idea of having to go through it and tell our side. And at the end of the day, hospitals, you know, they protect their doctors. And at the end of the day, it's their word against ours. And we just weren't in a place to fight. So we were happy enough that we got that. And guess what? Credit debt falls off. So we didn't pay it damn of that bill and I will never pay a damn of that bill and it may ding my credit but credit falls off and when we celebrate her seventh birthday that's when that stupid ass bill is gonna fall off and I'm gonna be the (laughs) happiest camper because that doctor didn't get a dime from me so as it should be because you know what he sucks balls and I hope he hears this (laughs) he's a piece of crap And the only reason why I do say that is because when I went to follow up, oh yeah, I had just gotten out of the hospital and because we were there, I had my freaking two week follow up, like a day after we got home. Uh, Um, and I remember Miss Kathy, you remember meeting her when she was there. Um, she was at the house when you came by and I remember texting her like, I don't even know if I can go to this appointment. And she was like, honey, you need to go to this appointment. She was like, you need to talk to somebody. You might need to get on medication to help with what you're feeling. Because she was there. Thank God she was there to visit John. And she was there for two weeks. She helped take Kenley to school. She would come and just sit with me and listen to me and love on me. She was so freaking wonderful. And she told me, she was like, you really need to go. And I remember sitting down at my follow-up appointment and telling him, is there any way you can get me set up with a referral or send me to somebody? I think I might need therapy for PTSD. I think me and my husband are both having PTSD symptoms. And his response to me was, I don't think that's necessary right now. You should probably just give it a couple weeks. And so Mm. I swallowed all my spit and I said, okay, thank you. I never went back to that office ever again. I will never go back to that office. And anytime anybody asks me here in Utah, I tell them, do not use that doctor. If he is still practicing, God help us all. Do not have your baby with him. So that's when I was like, that's when I knew too, like this doctor is such a denier. There's no way if we took him to court, he would do what's right. I will have to relive this and relive this. And I can't. And he is obviously not going to see our side. So I just decided, you know what, that's fine. And it was pretty rough. I had PTSD, anxiety, all those things for quite some time. I don't remember the month that I finally broke down and talked to you. Um, but you would ask me again at a MOPS meeting, how are you doing? And I just broke down and I was like, not good. And you were like, it's okay. We're going to get you back on track. We're going to get you the help you need, but you really need to talk to Zach about this. And that night I went home and I told him everything from my perspective. And he let me know so many other things. Like the way that the nurses and doctors talked to me and handled me was so much different from the way that they talked to him and handled him. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic because I'm the mom you would think I would get the loving and nurturing, but he actually got the loving and the nurturing and the information. And I was in the dark and Mm -hmm. it was horrible. 
so we had finally gotten that like kind of figured out and a lot of the things that I was holding, I was able to release, but it was still pretty eventful and pretty bad, (laughs) but, um, she has been a fighter ever since and she has been Miss Independent and just so much fun and such a fireball and yeah, we love her. (laughs) We love both of our babies. They're so different night and day, but they are awesome. They are. They both are the sweetest things ever. Yes. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. That is not right um, at all. Yeah. It's a huge reason why I advocate for doulas because that crap would not have been happening. But yeah, um, <laughs> I am glad that you and Zach finally had a conversation. And um, I mean, it'll always be a part of you. I think it'll always be a little bit of a pain point no matter what. Um, but I'm glad that Miss Kennedy is okay and you're okay. And I'm sorry that that's how you were treated. Um, it's not fair and it's not right, but thanks for sharing your birth stories. They were both. Thank you. So different. <laughs> yeah. But totally. in their own right. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. So anyway, super, super excited to share our birth stories. We know that you guys have asked us about sharing them. And so we thought that we would go ahead and do that and let you guys know all the things that we went through with our two births. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and following. And of course, if you want to connect with us, we have our Instagram, all the things with C and B. And please subscribe to our channel. If you enjoyed listening or have enjoyed listen, please share it with your family and friends because we so appreciate the support. Yes. Thanks guys so much for being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.